This is episode number 031 of the Reno Slant. Muss was running around Lawler without a shirt, and that means one thing. It's March. Welcome to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans, where an award-winning sports writer and his Nevada alum brother discuss Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and, well, pretty much everything else Nevada, except for the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. Here we go. Single elimination basketball season is upon us. Nevada wrapped up a third straight Mountain West regular season title on Saturday. Absolutely waxed San Diego State in the second half. Adam and I will give our quick thoughts on that one, do a quick reflection on the regular season because there's still a lot of basketball to be played, hopefully, for Nevada this year. And then it's really on to Mountain West tournament preview stuff. This is going to be our Mountain West tournament preview show. Our guest this week is the second recurring guest in the Reno Slant podcast history. Few have had a better grasp on the entire Mountain West, and the timing is perfect, so we're bringing back Eli Betger, the lead hoops writer for the Mountain West Wire. He'll be down here in Vegas this week. A really fun conversation with Eli. What are his thoughts on the regular season that was for the Mountain West and Nevada? What are the biggest storylines he's following through this weekend in Vegas? Who has the most to gain? Who has the most to lose in this tournament? And of course, who does he have pulling out the scissors, climbing the ladder, and cutting down the net on Saturday afternoon? Maybe not the entire net. If uh, if you guys know what I'm saying. Then Adam and I are going to share our thoughts on the Mountain West Tournament. It started Wednesday morning this morning for Nevada. It starts Thursday afternoon against Boise. What are our general thoughts on Nevada heading into the tournament? What are the biggest reasons for concern? What are the biggest reasons for confidence for the Wolfpack? And obviously we'll get to our predictions. We know that a ton of you are making the trip down to Vegas this week. Hopefully you're listening on the plane right now. Hopefully you're listening on the road trip right now. If so, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> that's what we were hoping. That's kind of we started, why we started recording a little bit earlier tonight. Hope to get this thing out a little bit earlier for you guys. For slants, games of the weekend, road tripping. If you are one of the people listening on the, on the way down to Vegas right now, we got a big one with Chad Hartley. What are the spots you need to go to? And we kind of touched on that when, when Nevada came down to Vegas for the regular season game against UNLV. But what's going on this week for Nevada fans? What are those festivities that you need to be plugged in on? And some of you, a lot of you are asking about NCAA tickets, tickets to the NCAA tournament. So Chad kind of breaks that down, how that works through the school as well. So a really important road trip with Chad this week. Darren, hey, I remember you bringing that one back. Baseball, social, and random Reno. Loaded show this week. Our iTunes five-star review of the week comes from, we were blanked. So close to getting 80. We need one more sitting there at 79. So if you're listening on the iTunes or on your on iTunes right now, just scroll on down on our landing page. Scroll on down to write a review and uh, do your thing. It takes about three minutes. We would appreciate it greatly. It uh, means a lot to us. We'd check all of those, certainly, and then it would get you in the running for the iTunes five-star review of the week. Next week for our NCAA tournament preview show, be a big one, so make sure you get your pre or your uh, iTunes review. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is basically here. It's on Sunday, um, so I'm not going to make you do a countdown, bro. But uh, do you know what you're doing for St. Patrick's Day yet? I will be somewhere downtown. I don't want to say I'll be incoherent, but I'll be somewhere downtown. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? 
I am wearing my beer me shirt from Tipsy Elves as that's, always. I got I got I got that thing washed, folded, ironed. It's in a case. <laughs> you got it folded. You go. got it folded and ironed. I ironed and then folded it. That that seems like it defeats the purpose. Uh, you tell me. I mean, I'm going to be drinking a lot, so. <laughs> I am also going to be rocking Tipsy Elves. I'm hopping on a plane Friday, running around Chicago, planning on drinking all the green beer, and I'll be doing it in my Leprechaun Sketch t-shirt, the highest seller on the, on the Tipsy Elves website right now. You can get yours in any other hilarious St. Patrick's Day t-shirts, tanks, suits, accessories, not just for men, but for women as well. Uh, I shared it last week. I got Tara a, a green shirt. It says bad and boozy, and it certainly won me some brownie points. So, dudes, uh, you're in the doghouse right now. You're looking for some brownie points. Uh, they got some really cool stuff uh, on the website for women as well. Visit tipsyelves.com and exclusively for the Reno Slant listeners. Use promo code SLANT20 for 20% off at checkout. That's SLANT20 for 20% off checkout at tipsyelves.com. Bro, do you know, uh, you know what else is coming up? Let's hear it. Enlighten me. Golf season. It's almost oh. time to break out the sticks. I actually got, I actually got invited to golf this Saturday, and it kind of like threw me for. I was like, oh god, it's already that part of the year. <laughs> Here we go. Some sixty degree days coming up in Reno. My favorite course in Reno, Toyabi Golf Club. Just a thirty minute drive down three ninety five from Lawler, tucked at the base of the majestic. Sierra Nevada Mountains in Washoe Valley. Uh, it's a semi-private golf club, yes, but it is open to the public. It's not a private golf course. It is public to anyone. I, I love Toyabi. We play it every year. We get a bunch of the boys together, do a scramble tournament. Adam and I, what, we, we got second last year. Yeah, I think we uh, Yeah, definitely got second. I think, yeah, we won some money. A ton of fun. The, the golf course is gorgeous. They are incredibly accommodating, uh, incredibly friendly, and it's a golf course, a business that supports the pack. Another local business. Off-season rates continue through April 15th. Just $45 to hit up that really just ama- amazing golf course. So book your tee time today at toyabigolfclub.com. And we want you guys to experience the course. We want you to go check it out if you haven't yet. Or if you have, you certainly want to go back. Starting on episode 034, first episode of April, we're going to be giving away two rounds of golf. Every single week. Two rounds of golf every single week. Uh, we'll explain the rules on episode 033 in a couple weeks. We are really excited to have Toyabi as a sponsor for the show and really excited to get to hook you guys up because that golf course is phenomenal. Can I win this competition? That is my question. No. Absolutely not. I'll find a way. Okay, so before we, we kick into our interview with Eli and really start digging into the, the Mountain West Tournament preview stuff... We'll do a little reflecting here on, on the game that was Saturday in the regular season that was. Uh, Nevada clinched its third straight Mountain West regular season title with an 81-53 beatdown. Nevada now 28-3, as I mentioned. 42-2 and at home in the last three seasons. 42-2, and it's crazy. Uh, all of those have obviously ended with Mountain West regular season titles. And uh, Nevada now has won 18 straight at home, matches the longest winning streak at home in program history. Uh, I'll let you take this one to start. Uh, I guess what is something you took away from from Saturday? That was just sweet revenge. It was that was what we were hoping that Nevada was going to show when they played down in San Diego. But you could just tell they wanted it more. One of the stats that I saw that really just proves that they they just had something more going on in the engine is that. 
off the off the glass. They outboarded San Diego State forty two to twenty five. Mm-hmm. Is seventeen more rebounds in any game is going to give you any um, upper edge. So that was my first one. Was just that they. I mean, and it also helps that Nevada was hitting a lot more shots than they were down in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. But they just they wanted it more. And that's something we talked about on last week's show. We said we wanted to see Nevada take the fight to San Diego State because I, it was the other way around at the game at Viejas early this year. And Nevada took the fight to San Diego State in a big way. In a big way. Especially after Jeremy Hemsley ran that mouth again. Uh Props to, to Jeremy Hemsley, though. I don't know if you saw his comments after the game. He basically gave huge props to uh, Nevada senior class and to the Nevada fan base. He's, he's, his quote was he almost cried after the game because it was his last chance to play in front of that crowd. And Jeez. was very complimentary of the Nevada fan base. And I think that maybe changed the perception a little bit the Nevada fans had towards him. We'll see though if if Nevada and San Diego State play in, in the semifinals, how long that sticks. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't see that holding up for very long if they're both on the court again. <laughs> you, you mentioned the rebounding disparity, forty two twenty five. San Diego State scored sixteen points the entire second half. Sixteen. They are five of twenty five from the floor, one of nine from deep. After they got hot in the first half, that's the only reason they were hanging around early. They had one offensive rebound in the entire game. One. And Nevada outscored San Diego State in the paint, twenty-six to twelve. Uh, not surprising at all to see Nevada fired up, uh, but this team sees it now. It's go time, and I think we really saw them turn, turn it on Saturday. Yeah, and that was just the way you'd want to send those seniors out too. You know, it definitely had some transfers in it, but the main, the core guys, and we've reiterated multiple times throughout the you know multiple episodes, but. It's just nice with the Martin. When you see a game like that, and in the last home Lawler game, especially against San Diego State, when we played at San Diego, it was such an issue, and they looked so off, and you know, just mm-hmm. played a downright bad game. But the, and then to not only redeem themselves, but to just smack San Diego State. I mean, I was watching the game at Sierra Golds, and there, I mean, there wasn't even an instance I'd really say where people were generally concerned from tip. I mean, Nevada pretty much was in the driver's seat the entire game. Just a fun way to watch the fun way to watch the the last home game of the season, and just an even even better way to watch those last seniors play their play their final game at Lawler. It was a poetic end to to those guys' home career. It really was, mm-hmm. and on a lot of different levels. If we take a step back and kind of look back at the entire regular season now, again, I don't want to get too sentimental, reflective here, because hopefully we have a lot of fun basketball ahead of us. If in October, though, I offered you twenty eight and three. Mountain West regular season title, would you take it? I'd take it. Absolutely. Everyone w- would take that. Uh, the expectations shifted a little bit after going undefeated in non-conference and considering what the Mountain West was this year. That's not a bad thing, though. W- with growing success, with more success, come growing expectations. That's what programs should mm-hmm. want. Does it make it harder? Yeah. But you would rather have expectations than not have expectations. And people can say the Mountain West is down, and it, they're probably right. But San Diego State and Fresno certainly aren't bad teams. Fresno, I would argue, is a good team. Uh, Nevada's win at Fresno is getting pretty close to becoming a quad one win. Fresno's right there. Utah State is legit, and playing at the pit is brutal. Going 18-0 in the Mountain West is almost impossible. Almost impossible. Team entered the year with three real goals. Win the Mountain West regular season, win the Mountain West tournament, get to the third weekend of the NCAA tournament. One goal's down. Hopefully they can cross off number two this week, and then we'll see. 
Um, it, it's weird. We, we'll talk about the Eli, how stressful this season felt and how people were frustrated at times. Then you take a step back and like, hold on. The Nevada mm-hmm. Wolfpack is is 28-3, and three, a one seed, and people are pulling their hair out. They're going to be a six seed or a five seed. Can you get to the four seed? It's just like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. crazy that we're having this conversation. A lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, looking at it now, it's like in the grand scheme of things, it's not really a, that big of a difference of what it's gonna. It's really not yeah. what it entails. But yeah, it's also part. It goes to part of them being a mid-major program that not, not even that long ago were winning single-digit games for the season mm-hmm. with single-digit, single-digit totals. So that's the other part too. I've, I'll be the first to admit that I've had a couple times been like, all right. Where are we now? Where were we? Like, look at how much more in tune the community and everybody is. It's, I mean, so, yeah, when you look at it, when you take a step back like Eli and you discuss, discussed it, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to see it that way. The last one's just coming from like a little sillier point that I noticed about the San Diego State game. It was about 16 minutes left in the second half. Somewhere right around that mark. I think there was some change left above the 16-minute mark. But they did an alley-oop to Trey Porter, and it was executed perfectly. They had a little backside screen. They heard, he they, heard you, they heard you calling him out. Yeah, exactly. And I was sitting there. I took, I took my sip of beer and put my head down because <laughs> I remember specifically going after that in the last episode that the, the alley-oops I was not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're fans when they work. Yeah, yeah, certainly. exactly. You mentioned the, the bond between this team and this community that, that's grown this year. And regardless of what happens now, I think, regardless of what happens down here in Vegas this week, what, regardless of what happens after Selection Sunday, this is a season that Reno is never going to forget. Never. Nevada was ranked as high as fifth in the country. Number five. They smashed the single-season attendance record. Not beat it. Smashed it. They averaged just shy of 11,000 fans per game. Capacity is 11,536. Remember when we but- okay. butchered, that, butchered that number back in like October? <laughs> Never again. Never again. Regardless of what happens, I mentioned this program. I don't. Not only did this change the way Reno responds to this basketball program, I think that this program will never be the same. In the fact that Nevada is now on the map when it comes to the collegiate basketball landscape, the relationship between the, this community and this program became extremely galvanized. Nevada has become relevant on a national scale. Nevada is now a brand that people recognize. You got people like SVP and Big Cat all over Nevada. And what that does for the program, I don't think people realize putting out uh, affiliating Nevada basketball with that sort of positivity from oh, yeah. those people. That's significant. And it's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, how many times did this senior class have the court stormed on them? It was a three t- three times. It was three times this year. I know. Oh, I'm, oh, oh, oh! You're talking about in total. Yeah, in total. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you never want to have the court stormed on you, but at the same time, that shows how far you've come. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at like you could you imagine them in their first year, their first season at Nevada, somebody storming the court on them to now where they're at this season, where it happened not only once or twice, but happened three times on them. right. And that's what we talked about with Jeff Grammer on episode zero two nine. Uh, talking about court storming in Nevada, but it, it's a testament to this program, to this coaching staff, that Nevada's in this situation now heading down to Vegas with everything in front of it. Everything is on the table still. And I think you can include, by the way, Wyoming last year 
in the double the double overtime game. I'm pretty positive they stormed mm. the court as well. But the the larger point I'm making here is Nevada basketball will never be the same after this year, regardless of what happens down here in Vegas and regardless of what happens after Selection Sunday. It can get a lot more fun, certainly. Um, but already the impact that this season has had on the program and community as a whole, uh, you can't undersell it. Uh, just been a unbelievably fun year and hopefully a, lo- a lot more fun to be had, certainly. Please, for the love of God, don't go muss. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he stays. I know. Please, please, please. I Back will... it up. Go, go ahead. Go. I was, I was going to go into my point, so let's finish. What, what were you going to say? I was going to say, we don't want to talk about this at all. However... If Doug Newth is looking for a basketball coach next year, this position that Nevada basketball in is much, much more enticing. Oh, much, yeah. much more enticing. Oh, yeah. Definitely be able to draw some larger scale candidates. And that's, if all, that that's, happens. that's all we're going to talk about when it, when it yep. comes to this. Yeah. All right. Do you have one more point you want to make? Because he's staying. No, I was going to talk about college basketball as a whole. Just how we talked about looking back on this Nevada team and, you know, the 28 and 3 and would you take it and everything. And it really, one of the, I guess I'll just touch up on this finally is you've looked across the board in college basketball. One reason for, if anybody still has the, well, we shouldn't have lost in New Mexico, you know, we should have played better at San Diego state, which yeah, those are valid points. We played bad games, but if you look across the board in college basketball, nobody was invincible this year. Gonzaga got, Gonzaga got beat by St. Mary's last night. That's what I'm saying. Gonzaga by St. Mary's didn't Syracuse beat Duke. I mean, that's a rival, you know, more rival. Yeah, but, but anyways, yeah, but, but that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that it wasn't this year where you saw the Jayhawks were 33 and 0 or 32 and 0 or whatever the hell they are and Kentucky's mm-hmm. undefeated until the SEC. Ch- I mean, it was everybody was vulnerable this year, so yeah. that's just another thing to take with a grain of salt. That I that's another reason why I just think the season was so impressive is that everything was out on the table this season and Nevada still managed to get through the season how they did. For sure, yeah, that, that, that's a good point. So let's kick it to our, our conversation now with Eli Betker, the second recurring guest in Reno Slant podcast history. Eli joins that uh, that rare air with, with Chris Murray. Had this planned for a while because uh, few can give a better look at the entire Mountain West uh, before such a fun tournament than Eli. Uh, all sorts of cool stuff from, from that. So uh, here's our conversation. All right, dude. It, it's we were just talking about it before we pushed the record button here, but it has been a while. I can't believe it's already been episode. It was episode zero one one. We had you on twenty episodes ago, which is about four and a half months. You got a new Skype username. So much has changed. <laughs> How are things? Man, it, it's it's been going really well. Yeah, you guys have been just pumping out awesome stuff. It's it's been cool to follow along. I was listening to the the Goodman show not too long ago, and also one with Kevin Sweeney and. Uh, you guys have been doing an excellent job. I appreciate that, dude. Thank you. So, uh, and, and you're you're coming down here from Vegas next week. So we'll start with that. I mean, how excited are you personally to be down here? Oh man, I'm stoked. It's like <laughs> the week before Christmas. Uh, I can't wait to be down there, and it's just going to be such a fun tournament. And I think the atmosphere is going to be good. There's a lot of hype around what's going on with the conference. So it'll be a really really fun weekend there. So I'm looking forward to it. Are you going to be doing anything other than watching basketball? Um. I, I mean, I guess so. I, I have to. I got to take breaks to eat and go to the bathroom and all that stuff. But, um, you know, that I'm, I'm mostly there just to watch the games. I'll probably stop by the sports book and put some money on the Bears for Super Bowl next year or something like that. But uh, um, I, I mean, this is my focus. I, there, as far as what Vegas is, I would probably – not want to be any other place than Sidelights and Thomas and Max. So that's the focus for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun week down here. Where, where are you staying at? 
I'm saving it at Silver 7, so it's, it's pretty close to the arena. It's convenient. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Mount West Tournament is here. We're obviously, we're obviously going to get into that. Um, but before we do, let, let's take a step back and kind of – we have some a chance now to kind of reflect on the regular season that was. And it's weird we're already reflecting on, on the season. It makes me – it's like such a bittersweet thing. So uh, for you, what are some of your bigger takeaways from the Mountain West season as a whole? I think as a whole – uh, and at least where the Mountain West aligns itself in terms of all of D1 basketball, I think this will be seen as a, a disappointing season. Um, not to start everything off on a bad note, but I just think that we're going to look back on this season and really see it as a missed opportunity for the conference. Um, and I'm especially looking at the other conferences that have rivaled the Mountain West in the past, especially uh, the Pac-12 being one, which has just been an absolute nightmare this year. Yeah. Um, Pac-12 pretty much only has one, maybe two, if you want to count Arizona State locks for this year's NCAA tournament. And uh, Mount West really wasn't able to capitalize. They have Nevada, which has been in throughout the field or throughout the season, and Utah State is more comfortable now. But uh, spots three through eleven just have been rather disappointing, and I think it's just a season that is a bit lost with how uh, the league started in non-conference play and. And they all tend to beat each other up in league play. So that's just what's happened. But I I think that's my overarching opinion on what the season was. And even that, let me play, let me throw a scenario at you and then we'll see what you think here. Let's say Nevada gets the championship game, doesn't win. Utah State loses in the semifinals to say Fresno. Fresno cuts down the nets on Saturday. Does Utah State still get in? Because if so, that's even in a down year, that's three teams. Yeah, I, I think that's a very reasonable possibility, and I think that's uh, the potential route that could get the conference to three bits. And I think Utah State's in a pretty good position now. I mm-hmm. see them much less on that first uh, uh, first four out, last four in. Uh, yeah. they, they're a bit more comfortable now. They have good metrics. The resume is solid now that they have that Nevada win. And the bubble teams, again, are just so weak this season that I think mm-hmm. Utah State's going to be pretty comfortable yeah so i mean if it's fresno state or if it's any other team on that side of the bracket winning i think uh the conference does get to three bids which all things considered about a month ago to even imagine the league possibly getting three bids is just right. not something that anyone would have possibly guessed yeah. what's better for, for the mountain west nevada goes 33 and one gets a three seed and is the only team in the field or Nevada is where it is now probably gonna be a five or six seed and then Utah state and Fresno sneak in. I think I would go with the latter. I think it's better to have more of a representation from your whole league in terms of teams. And that might just be my personal preference. Uh, But when you can have multiple bids or three bids, I think that just looks better for the health of your league. Um, And then even if you want to play devil's advocate for that, and um, say, well, it's better that Nevada is a higher seed and makes a run. I do think that that's it's roughly the expectation based on seeds that those, I don't know, those two different types of situations result in the same number of NCAA tournament wins. Mm. So if you have a three seed, they're probably going to win about 1.8 games. I think that's the average for a three seed. And then if you have a six and 11 and maybe another play, and that's probably going to be a summation of about 1.8, 1. yeah. 1.7 anyway. So it roughly, it's going to be about the same, but it's mm-hmm. just whether or not you have one team, two teams, or three teams. So uh, for my money, I would take two or three teams to the tournament. 
Fair enough. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast would say they'd rather have Nevada go 33 and one. That's probably the case for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair to say Utah state biggest surprise of the season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, run away. I think just, especially with the awards that came out this week, so many people are giving them love now and it's much deserved to go from ninth in the preseason media poll all the way up to a shared title is just not something that happens very often. Uh, this team has just been so fantastic, and the job that Craig Smith has done, it's its a shame that he wasn't on that national coach of the year list, which yeah. for whatever reason included Coach K. I don't really understand that, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Uh, but yeah, Utah State, huge surprise, and I think that a lot of folks were down on this team because of what they lost the season prior. Uh, losing Kobe McEwen was really big and some other key players, but they've responded nicely, and they've set themselves up for an NCAA tournament bid. How did Kata slip through the recruiting cracks? Because he's a beast. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I just think that it happens in college basketball. I know that's kind of the lame answer, but I mean, we've seen it in this conference as well. Uh, Chandler Hutchison last year, who was just phenomenal with Boise State and put together such a great career. He's a first-round pick with the Bulls and all that. Even he was a player that did not get much consideration out of college or out of high school despite being a four-star recruit and I think that at least in his case boiled down to where he was from a lot of players from his area were were kind of soft and and didn't really produce the way that they were expected Mm -hmm. but as far as Kata I just think with international players it's just such a big risk you don't know if they're going to uh, be able to meet the physical requirements of American college basketball whether they're ready whether they have the physicality whether they're um, even going to meet academic requirements. It's just such a gamble, and a lot of the programs aren't willing to probably take a scholarship and a chance on players like these, and mm-hmm. that's why you see this year's, at least um, on the media side, the defensive player of the year and um, uh, the freshman of the year, uh, a freshman from Portugal who was signed in late August. It's just, <laughs> it's just such a crazy situation, but credit to... Craig Smith and his staff for being able, being able to pick up Kata, and he's a potential NBA draft pick in the short future. Crazy. And, and Utah State's well-positioned now. Kata, as you mentioned, a freshman. Sam Merrill's coming back next year, you'd assume. Um, so they're in a good spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, this team's loaded for next season. They they don't lose many players at all, as you said. I do think Kata returns. I don't think he's quite there yet in terms of uh, where his draft profile is at, and right. I don't expect Sam Merrill to go anywhere. So right. this seems going to be really good once again. Yeah. So if Utah State's the biggest positive surprise, who's the biggest disappointment? And this is, <laughs> there's a lot of options here. San, oh, Di- yeah. San Diego State, New Mexico. Uh, on this fine podcast, episode 11, you pick Colorado State as your sleeper. That didn't turn out so good. So <laughs> who's your yeah, biggest disappointment? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah that, you're right on that. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of options. I think... The first one for me, and it's not necessarily the biggest disappointment, but I just thought Wyoming was going to show at least some signs of life throughout the season. It's a shame for me because to have Justin James return yeah. a senior year when he could have gone pro after his junior season, and he's been alone, and his his team has suffered injuries, suspensions, all, all that, and he's had to carry the workload. So that, that's that's a disappointment just from... Uh, a personal perspective because I like James and I think he does a great job. But as far as the team that has disappointed me the most, it has to be New Mexico. Um, what Paul Weir did in his first year, I think 
he exceeded expectations so much, especially in February and March, that he almost set himself up for failure this year because um, New Mexico, they, they were rocky out of the gates. Um, they had some home losses that were a bit of a surprise, lost to North Texas at home, lost to Penn at home. And then, I, mean, I think we discussed this last time, they pull off this 27-point win over Nevada, and then they fail to win a road game the rest of the year. Uh, they lose yeah. to San Jose State. It's just it's bizarre what happened with the Lobos in the second half of the season. And I just think that they were in position to contend or at least finish second in the conference to Nevada. And instead, they're looking at a ninth place or at least tied for seventh in the Mountain West and just such a disappointing year for them. For sure. They struggled mightily after the Nevada win. That was kind of a theme, though, this year. We saw the Nevada hangover. We saw San Diego State almost lose to UNLV after the Nevada game. And then Utah State was in a almost lost to Colorado State. I, I think that was real. Uh, teams getting up to play Nevada. Yeah, it, it, it is real. I think there's just been such a domino effect of these teams just beating up on each other in league play, as I mentioned earlier, because you have San Diego State, who has a win over Nevada, and they also have losses to some weaker teams. UNLV has failed to beat a team, I believe, with a winning record this season, or minus San Diego State. Yeah. Um, Air Force has been up and down. They they have some quality wins, did really well against San Diego State, Boise State, and then they have their fair share of losses. So uh, it's just one of those years in the Mountain West and all the blowouts. It's just been, it's just, it's just been, like I carnage. said, one of those years. Yeah. yeah, carnage all over the place. Teams 1 through 11 just beating up on each other. Speaking of carnage, what, what did you make of Nevada absolutely manhandling San Diego State on Saturday night? You know, it was kind of what I was anticipating. I think the Aztecs did a pretty good job hanging around the first half. But even then, um, I knew it wasn't sustainable because the Aztecs were just hitting these unbelievable three-pointers. And right. um, Besides that, I, they just seemed to be outworked and outplayed. And that's what unfolded in the second half. So uh, to go out on senior night, as these guys did, I think is a, a fitting end to at least their regular season. Mm-hmm. And it's what I expected uh, to go on the road, at least in San Diego State's spot, and play against that ruckus crowd in Reno, I just think was difficult for them. But it's a bit more of what we expect from Nevada, the team that can lock up on defense, they can get hot quick. Uh, that's what we saw earlier in the year. That's what we saw in parts in January and February, and that's mm-hmm. what we saw on Saturday night. Sure. It was obviously a historic season for Nevada, a ton of fun memories, and it's just so weird what happens with success, how the expectations change, because Nevada goes 28-3, and wins a share of the Mountain West title for the third at least a share for the third straight year, bringing the one seed down here to Vegas. And I feel like everyone was stressed out the entire year. <laughs> so yeah. so how, how would you grade Nevada's regular season? Uh, if I'm giving you a letter grade, I'd probably go A-. minus. Um, I think there there were some slip-ups this season, and games that they won where they probably shouldn't have, like the Boise, Boise State game, win. Yeah, yeah uh, that was a, uh, definitely a nail-biter. There were some games in non-conference play that, uh, they didn't show up nearly as well as I thought they would. But as you mentioned, to finish the regular season 28-3, and your three losses on the road to conference rivals, um, it's just a testament to what Eric Musselman has done. I, and I, I've mentioned this before on other shows and podcasts. I don't think there are many coaches that are capable of doing with this team what Eric Musselman has done. I just think there are so many moving parts, things that have to work just perfectly, mm-hmm. and to be in this position with only three 
true road losses on the year and another spot to pick up a five or six in the NCAA tournament is just really impressive. Um, there are parts of this team that I think uh, have a little bit of a red flag. Um, they do tend to go cold when they are down early or in the second half. They seem to be frustrated. Yep. And the late-game execution is another thing that concerns me. But um, as a whole, this season has gone really well for Nevada. And I guess the yeah. other thing which is out of their control is what happened in non-conference play with their opponents because they just didn't really hold up their end of the bargain. Right. Yeah, the the scheduling thing one is tough for me because I, I certainly understand what everyone's saying when they have, I don't know, if Utah State's at 30 or 31 now, so that's a quad one or quad two. But people will say they didn't schedule anyone, they didn't play anyone, and that's just not true. I mean, they clearly tried to schedule, and then Arizona State, USC, Utah, uh, Loyola, they just let Nevada down. And it's, it's, I understand that it's a knock on Nevada, but then it, ultimately it's like they tried. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it de- they definitely tried. And to schedule three Pac-12 teams away from home in non-conference play, and also BYU, they had Grand Canyon, South Dakota State, these are all quality teams that just – did not have their season pan out the way that they thought they would. And it worked last year for Nevada. I don't remember how many of their non-conference opponents actually went on to win their conference tournament, but it was a lot. Yeah. Um, and this year it just wasn't the case, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they beat Arizona State, that was looking like their signature win. As we mentioned earlier, the Sun Devils have fallen more towards the bubble and might not even get in. USC has been a mess. Uh, Utah has been pretty bad. So. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, and this was the year that it just didn't quite work out. Yeah. So if we shift now down to Vegas, let's go that time of year. Uh, what are some of the bigger storylines that you're following? Uh, definitely what Nevada does and how they react to a bit of a rocky end of the regular season. I think that they have a bracket that sets up pretty nicely. If they do have that second-round matchup against San Diego State, I think that'll be a really good one. Mm-hmm. And that's a bit of a rematch from what happened last year. It's a very similar situation. Yep. Yeah, so uh, so that'll be an opportunity. But whenever Nevada is faced with one of these types of rematch opportunities, they always come out victorious. So that'll be something to watch. Also how Utah State answers, and then whether or not one of the sleeper teams can maybe make a run and mm-hmm. – uh, like UNLV, or do they really have it in them to defeat San Jose State and make a run? That's a big question mark. Maybe one of those teams that are in the 6, 7, or 8 range that have won some games against the quality teams but have their slip-ups. I'm also looking at those as well. Yeah, the UNLV situation is fun. I mean, they're certainly starting to feel good, UNLV is, but they haven't beat a team above them in the standings all year. And what, did they beat, they split with SDSU? Yeah, they did. Or, excuse me, they they lost both to SDSU. So, they lost yeah, at home by one. It was close. They sh- they should have won. They should have won that game. Yeah, they they didn't play bad against the Aztecs yeah. this year. Um, but again, this has been why I've been skeptical about UNLV this, this season because I just don't think that they have it in them to at least defeat these quality teams. Yeah. And I know a lot of people um, will at least point out that Shakir Houston's been gone for the year and they've had to deal with their injuries. A bit of an inexperienced team. Uh, but again, if you want to get to the NCAA tournament, you have to beat the teams like Nevada or Utah State, and that just isn't what happened yeah. throughout the season. Marvin Menz is coming back next year? I think he is. Yeah, yeah the, the rumblings about Patino were really bizarre. <laughs> um, I didn't really know whether to believe that or not, but I do think 
Menzies has more or less saved his job in the second half of conference play. It, it was getting pretty dicey, though. Yeah. Um, and the UNLV fans aren't super pleased, at least at large, with what Menzies has done. But I just think the roster needs some continuity. They need to bring starters back, and they should be in good shape. Which of the of the top four seeds? you got Nevada, Utah State, Fresno, and San Diego State. If you had to pick one of those four, which one would you say is most vulnerable? I'm going to go with San Diego State. I think yeah. they, they have a pretty tough path to make a run this year. Uh, a lot of people like the Aztecs' chances to make a run, and that's probably partially due to what they did last year and the roster that they have. But even as good as they've been the last few weeks, I just think this team is pretty inconsistent. Yeah. Um, they When they seem to make a run in late January, earlier February, then they had that uh, double-digit loss to New Mexico that came out of nowhere, then they go on another run, then they get blown out by Utah State. And that's just been the case with this team all year long. I don't know if they're really hitting their stride quite like they did last season. Uh, I think that they were a bit of a team that was, I don't know, maybe a team of destiny last season to a certain extent. Hmm. I just don't know if that's in the cards this year. Um, and especially with Devin Watson, who his status is a little unknown from, from this point on. He was seen uh, grimacing and holding his back quite a bit against Nevada, and so that's something to keep an eye out on. So they do seem a little shaky at this point. We'll see what happens yeah. with them in the tournament. And Jalen McDaniels isn't playing well right now either. They need him. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. And I think that this team isn't all that deep, and that was my concern for them heading into the season because once you go beyond the starters, your best player is probably Nathan Menza or Agueca Rope. And I, those aren't the type of players, at least yet, that are going to lead this team to a mountainous tournament championship. Sure. Who who do you think, player, team, coach, wh- who has the most to gain this week down in Vegas? Um, I actually want to go back to Jim and McDaniels, I think, uh, okay. in terms of most to gain. I think uh, if he shows out and he leads San Diego State to a run to the tournament, um, I'm talking maybe 20 points and 10 rebounds a game or something like that, I think he's probably gone uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of going to the NBA draft. I think this is an opportunity for him, at least individually, to really put his stamp on what he's done. And his game has developed quite a bit in this season, and I think he's put himself on the map in those respects. Yeah. At least in terms of a team that I think has the most to gain, it's probably Fresno State. I think that yep. their, their side of the bracket sets up pretty nicely because um, they do have the chance to defeat either Air Force or San Jose State. They'll be favored against either of those opponents. And then if they do win that one, they would face Utah State, which is a team that they've been pretty That would be an awesome too. semifinal. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely. Yeah, they do have that uh, one-point win on the road against Utah State, that wild comeback, and then they have a one-point home loss. So they're a net plus zero against yeah. Utah State this year. And so I think that's an opportunity for them to uh, step up. And just the job that Justin Hudson has done in his first year, if he can – guide this team to the semis or even the championship game. Mm-hmm. I think that's a just a really impressive feat by this Bulldogs team. Yeah. All right, on the other side of the spectrum, who has the most to lose this week? Probably Utah State. I mean, it could be a difference of going to the NCAA tournament or not. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could probably make the argument for Nevada that they have a lot to lose in terms of seeding, but I think going from an NCAA tournament bid to sitting it out on Selection Sunday is pretty important. So. Yeah. Utah State, it, things could get a little dicey if they 
lose their first matchup of the tournament, I still would think that they get in. I think they're pretty close to a lock. But, mm-hmm. man, if they get blown out by Fresno State or if it's Air Force, I it's yeah. not going to leave a, a, a very good taste in the mouths of the selection committee. What about what about Marvin Menzies in that spot? You get blown out on your home court in the first round. Mm, is that, that are any good? UNLV fans going to be there to see it? <laughs> I don't Zing! know, man. Got yeah. him. Uh, it's it's tough. I Marvin Menzies and his team has had some some moments this year where things have gone sideways, but they have recovered in in some instances. I don't think getting blown out by San Diego State, at least at this juncture, is going to be that damaging because San Diego State has done a, a pretty good job all in all this season. Mm-hmm. But, man, I mean, you have to wonder, don't you? Yeah, for sure. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit Nevada-Utah State here. C- considering what happened in Logan just a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever, whatever it was, if Nevada and Utah State play for the title game please basketball gods please make that happen that that, that would be the most anticipated mountain west game in in how long forever <laughs> oh man uh, quite a while i think at least dating back to i don't know 2014 when yeah that crazy uh, we year. had ranked teams in san Jose state and new mexico playing maybe the jimmer days i don't know it's it's a it's a rubber match that everyone wants to see and i don't know if it will necessarily happen but just with what happened in Logan, all the fallout from the game, it and whenever you have an upset, a court storming, and that's not even the biggest topic that right. came away from the game, that just goes to show you um, how important that was. Uh, these teams clearly don't like each other at all. Um, they are both led by pretty interesting coaching stories. Musselman, one of the most fascinating guys there is. Yeah. Craig Smith, what he's done in his first year, getting coach of the year and all that. Really good player matchups, Sam Merrill, Caleb Martin, Jordan Caroline. It's the type of matchup that you want, and if it does happen, I think a lot of eyes will be on this one. Yeah, that that, that will get eyeballs from across the country, not, oh, yeah. not just on, on the West Coast. That would have national appeal for sure. So, mm-hmm. all right, here we go. W- what's happening this week? Give me, give me your semifinal matchups and then the title game winner. All right, uh, as far as the top of the bracket, I like Nevada beating San Diego State. Um, in that rematch of last year's matchup. Okay. I do think it'll be closer this time. Uh, obviously, if Nevada winning, that would change mm-hmm. the outcome. Uh, probably Nevada by double digits. Okay. And then on the bottom side of the bracket, I have Fresno State upsetting Utah State. I think that's a matchup that could go either way, as we've seen earlier this season. I, I do like the Bulldogs. I think that they're finally gaining some momentum earlier, in, or excuse me, later in the season. Um, and Utah State's kind of in that vulnerable spot where they maybe are putting some pressure on themselves, although they have won a ton of games lately. Um, we could see that streak end. Yeah. And then for a Nevada-Fresno State title game, I do like the Wolfpack cutting down the nets. Um, I don't know if this matchup is really that good for Fresno State. I, I do like how they potentially match up against Utah State. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Nevada, they're going to be really, really physical. That last game that they played, which was closely contested. It was a really physical game. It was a football game up in Reno. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Uh, and I just think a matter of shot-making uh, could determine who wins this game. Uh, 
Fresno State's going to need Huggins and Taylor to be on if they are having a shaky night. I think Nevada probably pulls away with it. Yeah, I'd probably take Nevada by a couple possessions, but I do like the Wolfpack taking it down this year. Yeah, Nevada played at Fresno when Nevada was really grinding through games early in the season. Still pretty much controlled that game on the road. And then, yeah, the, the game in Reno, was it was hard to get any sort of measuring stick on that just because it was all over the place. So, uh, dude, I'll be running around Thomas and Mac Thursday night. We for sure got to link up. Uh, where can people follow you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Betker underscore Eli. That's B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R underscore E-L-I. And we'll be producing plenty of content on Mountain West Wire this week. So that's MWWire.com. All right, my man. We'll see you in a few days. I'll shoot you text. All right. Sounds good, man. I was glad we were able to have Eli on. I'm really looking forward to, to hanging out with him courtside uh, at Thomas and Mac. Not to brag. Not to brag this week. <laughs> so the seeds down here in Vegas, Nevada the one, Utah State the two, Fresno the three, San Diego State, UNLV, Air Force, then New Mexico, Boise, Colorado State, Wyoming, San Jose State finishing 11th. What? Who could have predicted that? San Jose State finishing last in the Mountain West. So, schedule for Nevada this week. The quarterfinals Thursday at noon against Boise. Nevada beat Boise 72-71 at Boise. That was the Cody freaking Martin game. And then four games later, when the offense really started clicking, Nevada won 93-73 at Lawler. Semifinals Friday at 6. If Nevada is to get to that game, we'll play the winner of San Diego State and UNLV. And if Nevada wins that game, it will play in the title game on the network, CBS, 3 o'clock, against likely the Utah State Fresno winner. Um, so there's kind of the schedule for Nevada this weekend. Hopefully Nevada is in all three of those games. And if you guys need some new gear to watch those games, whether you're getting ready to make the trip down here to Vegas or you're watching from the couch at home, maybe you're look, looking for the officially licensed Adidas Mountain West regular season championship t-shirt, you need to check out Silver and Blue Outfitters. Uh, they also released the Ramon Sessions jersey this, this week, last week, and that thing is sick, like the JaVel McGee jersey. Uh, Silver and Blue Outfitters is locally owned and operated by a Nevada grad. Don't be going to wherever it is you buy your Nevada gear. Go to Silver and Blue Outfitters, buy local. They have the best stuff. It is the spot for officially licensed Nevada apparel this postseason and really the entire year. Have an amazing amazing inventory visit either the meadowwood mall or campus locations or visit silverandblueoutfitters.com every month we're giving away a $100 gift card to silver and blue outfitters every month we drew our first winner last thursday we hooked blake up with it with a big fat gift card uh all you have to do to get your name into the hat for the raffle prize uh take a selfie inside one of the two locations post and then tag it or tag SMB Outfitters and the Reno Slant on Twitter and Instagram. You get two entries, and then we do the drawing on Instagram Live the last day of the month, and that's already sneaking up, sneaking up on us. Okay, it's tournament time. Uh, for you, what are, I guess, just a couple general thoughts you have going into this? Looking at the seating and the way it was you know, laid out, I almost would – actually, I'm not even going to say I almost. I'm going to be definitive here. I would prefer to be where Utah State is in the number two seed in comparison to where we are in the one seed. Why is that? Now my my argument is because on that side you'd on in our side of the bracket we got UNLV, so you got the tough rivalry game. I'm not saying that they're going to beat us or anything because UNLV's trash, but for the sake of rivalries, <laughs> they're in our side. Also, you got San Diego State, who 
as we've mentioned many times before in history has quote unquote had our number. And on the other side, you got, you're going to play the, most likely it's going to end up being air force. They're up 16. It looks like on San Jose state. And then you got new Mexico, but just the way it was and the way the teams are lined up, I almost would rather be in that two seed with the teams that are going to funnel through that side of the bracket. So you'd rather play Fresno in the semifinals than play San Diego state or UNLV. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't have it. If it's San Diego State, then yeah, I mean UNLV. UNLV UNLV is not for the case that they're good. It's just for the case that people get up for the get up for rivalry games. But I mean, if you want to put UNLV next to Fresno, of course you're gonna way not rather play Fresno. But just in the case of the situation, the Mountain West tournament, it's in Vegas. Yeah, for those reasons. Yeah. My my first just general thought as we head into this thing is, here we freaking go. Like, finally, it's time. And I, I can't tell if the season went by really fast or if it took forever. Like, when you think back to some of those, like, the BYU game, like, the first game, remember how excited we were? Oh, yeah, yeah. That feels like literally forever ago. <laughs> Ages. Uh, so much talk about Nevada's age, Nevada's experience. And I kind of think they took a similar approach to the regular season as maybe an NBA team would. Like, Mus even said at, a couple weeks ago, like, we're focused on the NCAA tournament at this point. Like we just want to get to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and the team still went twenty-eight and three. They knew it was a long season, and now it's time to put the foot really on the gas. The goal this season wasn't to win at New Mexico. It wasn't to win at San Diego State. It would have been nice to win those games, but the goal for this program is to reach the Final Four. And the NCAA tournament starts in a week, and it really starts. In my mind, we'll get to this later in the show. It really starts this week. Um, a chance for Nevada to, to move up a little bit, maybe position itself a little better, maybe earn a, a better location in terms of where it's going to open open the NCAA tournament. But my, my first thought is just like, let's go. Single elimination mm-hmm. basketball tournament. There's day basketball going on right now. Just it's it's so freaking fun. Well, and this is, this is the part of the season, too, where everything starts moving so fast. There's so, so many fast, games. There's, yeah. there's no time to really sit down and process it. So that's, yeah, for those for the guys on the team, it's just, I mean, you could argue that, March, you know, March, quote unquote, is starting against Boise. You know, it's going to ride that ride this tournament all the way into the NCAA tournament, get some momentum going, get the kinks out of the way. But here we go. <laughs> it's about to be a fast ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my next one, I mentioned that there was, you know, it felt like there were times when it was frustrating and people were freaking out and Nevada still goes 28 and three wins the Mountain West regular season title. My confidence in in this team, in this team's ability to go on extended run, has not been impacted. It hasn't. We've seen Nevada look bad at times. It's going to happen over the course of the season. There's also been stretches where we've seen Nevada look really, really good. And there's not a single game Nevada's going to play from here on out. Hopefully Nevada plays, what would it be, nine more games. There's not a single game Nevada's going to play the rest of the way where it's going to be the team on the other side is going to have more experience. It has to be more experienced than anyone. It's going to be all, as talented, if not more talented, than pretty much every team that's going to play. Um, obviously, that changes if you can really get to that third weekend. Um, but I, I, we've seen this team stumble. It happens. If this team goes on a deep run, I'm not going to be like, wow, I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. I still have, have a lot of confidence in this team's ability to do something special here. Well, think of the, the age and maturity of the team. 
they're going to have a couple years on every team they're going to play. And you're, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to tell me that in the tournament, there's not going to be at least one 18, 19 year old that's going to poo down his leg in a big moment. <laughs> yeah, Nevada certainly has that edge. No question. Oh, I just had, I just had those two points going into the tournament. Uh, the last one I'll say here is it, it felt a little bit like we saw this team hit a second gear, especially in the second half against San Diego State. It certainly helps this senior day. It certainly helps that you can clinch a Mountain West regular season title. It certainly helps that that place was absolutely packed. I'll be curious to see if that carries over. This team now knows it's tournament play. That said, its first game is at noon against a not very good Boise team. What's the energy this this team brings? We saw them turn it on against San Diego State. Um, hopefully, they can they can bring that on the on the plane down here to Vegas because uh, you don't want to play with fire in a single elimination tournament. You just no. don't. <laughs> All right, biggest reason for concern going into this week? We saw it a couple times. Is that when the team kind of shuts down, they all shut down. And like you said, mentioning the noon tip against a rather poor Boise team it almost seems like the recipe for kind of one of those bring your own energy games that the energy doesn't end up getting brought and that's just that's the first concern I have is just the it's not the one one guy off problem when I've said this in a I can't remember how many episodes it was ago but it's not it doesn't seem like one guy struggles and everybody else is going when they have these games it's kind of they all collectively not mm-hmm. melt down but just really struggle and especially in the single elimination, there's just no no room for that. When, when that happens, I mean, you would hope that it's someone like it's going to be Caleb or Jordan that pulls them out. It's going yeah. to be those two, and, and maybe it's Jazz who can hit a couple shots and, and loosen things up. Because uh, you're right, there's been times where we've seen kind of this whole thing become discombobulated, and still mm-hmm. Nevada goes twenty eight and three. Uh, <laughs> my my biggest reason for concern, and you kind of spoke to this already that there's a potential matchup with San Diego State waiting for Nevada in the semifinals. Nevada is now 3-11 against San Diego State as a Mountain West member. All three wins are at Lawler. Nevada's 0-8 away from Lawler against San Diego State. Muss is 0-2 versus San Diego State in the Mountain West tournament. We know what happened last year. Nevada is yet to beat San Diego State at Viejas or neutral court. Or on neutral court since joining the, the conference. And... San Diego State, by the way, has owned this tournament. Owned it. They're 30-14 and 14 all-time in the Mountain West. That's the best ever. They've been in the NCAA tournament seven of the last nine years. This is a program that expects to go to the NCAA tournament. This is a, a program that has a lot of confidence coming into this tournament, regardless of what happened in the regular season finale. It's gonna be the, it would be the second meeting in six days. It would be the third meeting in 23 days. That's a, that's a lot of seeing one another. That's yeah, man. That I mean, you, you think about a potential stretch of San Diego State and all that is, and then Utah State and all that would be. Uh, what what a dogfight um, Nevada could be set up for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was my final point was that Nevada's tickets punched. I mean, they're they're going, so it doesn't matter. Yes, they would like to win this tournament. Yes, everybody would like to win this tournament. But there are a couple dogs in this fight that do believe they belong in the tournament, such as Utah State. San Diego State would love to be in the mix, too. Mm-hmm. Already got the target on your back. It's just a lot of these the you know points and facts that are just swarming around it that just really give you kind of an uneasy feeling that it's like it would be easy 
for Nevada to kind of say, we know we're in, you know, if we get a four, if we get a five or a seven, you know, whatever one, but you know, tomato, tomato, we're kind of all in the same mix, but that's, that's the other big one is that there's, I would say those two is Utah. I mean, Fresno as well, mm-hmm. but there's some couple teams that are, they're really lurking in this, especially with St. Mary's snagging a bubble spot or snagging the, for the sure. yeah, snag, snagging one of the spots. It really narrows, narrows the, uh, the room for air. So, you know, those teams are going to be like sharks with blood in the water. Yeah. Uh, my last one's here and then we'll get to our biggest reasons for confidence. A little bit, a little bit more fun. Uh, my first point here. And you kind of spoke that there's times where we see this the team kind of get uh, start playing some funky. Mm-hmm. They get out of out of rhythm, and it seems like that really happens when Trey Porter or Trey Sean Thurman pick up two quick fouls. It, it seems like for as as much comfort as this team has playing small ball and playing with the small lineup, it just seems like when that happens, and then Mus is then you see Corey Henson playing some first half minutes that he's maybe not comfortable with. It just seems like that can kind of throw things out of rhythm out of tempo and so hopefully that's not a factor dave hall's me calling games for those who watch the gonzaga st mary's game dave hall made a couple just what are we talking about <laughs> i'm pretty sure he was ref in the san diego st mary's game too wasn't he I, i'm not positive i mean i was at that game i i don't remember though but i yeah i bet on that game and was just like what is going on with it might not have been him but i'm almost positive it was he the gonzaga fans were done with him by the time the game was over just done yeah. <laughs> and so that is a concern that you're going to have dave hall calling some games and he likes to call fouls some touchy weird fouls and if he calls two quick ones on trey porter trey Sean thurman we, that can be an issue uh the last point there hasn't been a lot of talk about this but we've seen this team struggle from the free throw line a little bit. It's been a common theme in the three losses. Nevada's not a terrible free throw shooting team, but it's not a good free throw shooting team either. Um, and this is the time of year when games are going to be within a possession late, when you got to be able to hit your free throws down the stretch. And Nevada is at 71% for the season from the free throw line. That's fourth in the Mountain West. It's 162nd nationally. So they're very much just a kind of a mediocre free throw shooting team. Against San Diego State, they were 20 for 35 at home. That's 57%. And if that's a closer game and you look at the box score and you say, wow, Nevada missed 15 free throws, then it hurts. So you'd hope that Nevada, the the experience of of this group, they can kind of wheel the ball into the bucket from the free throw line because it just hasn't been a, a strength for them this year. All right, let's get to some more fun stuff. Biggest reason for confidence this weekend. Just the experience, this team. They, I mean, they, look at the tournament last year. What they did; those the main core guys are the ones that beat Texas when they had, you know, almost no business being in that game. Then they actually had no business being in that Cincinnati game, and both right. those ones they still figured out a way to win. So you can argue that, yeah, a couple other guys are mix, mix, switch, whatever. The main core guys have been there. They exactly know what the environment's going to be. They know. I mean, they've they've been in those huddles where they're down fifteen plus points and Muss's figuring out what the hell they need to do to win the yeah. game. So it's it's good having those guys still leading the team, and especially that they've just been in those situations before. We, we should create a bet where we, we should try to guess how many times we see Josh Hall's game winner against Cincinnati, how many times oh. they show that over the next however long this thing goes for Nevada. That'd be great. I'll, I'll have to think of an over-under number for that, but that that's going to be shown multiple times. In the NCAA tournament, they're going to show it at least once 
for every game. We'll see if they show it all this weekend. It, it's it's become Nevada's calling card. Um, <laughs> and that was my first thing too. Is just the experience with this group. They've been there, done that. Um, that was the biggest reason I was surprised to see kind of how they performed at New Mexico and at San Diego State, where they just got kind of beat. Uh, Utah State was a little bit different. Aggies are legit, and mm-hmm. they're just legit. I don't think Nevada played poorly necessarily in that game, but Utah State just just won that game. I will say this: this team likes playing at Thomas and Mac. Seven and one at Thomas and Mac over the last three years, average average margin of victory of seventeen points in in the seven wins. So this group likes playing on this court. Hammer the favorite. Yeah. And then other than that, other than Vegas, proximity-wise, maybe maybe Fresno, but they're, the Reno fans are going to travel well, and especially for how well the program's doing and where they're at and knowing that, you know, that this season has been unlike any other. I anticipate that the environment at Thomas & Mack, like it's still going to travel well. There's still going to be a good presence of Reno fans. I mean, I've talked to quite a few people who have already – texted me or you know we've been talking they're oh no sorry I'm gonna be down to Vegas whatnot yeah. so I I anticipate that it's not gonna be like um any you know playing out in Laramie or something like that it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty good Reno Reno crowd going down there it'll be interesting I mean so there'll be a ton of people from Reno down we'll, Chad and I will talk about this in road tripping as well so there'll be a ton of Reno fans coming down but something to think about there'll be fans of other teams in there as well and it's gonna be Reno Fans, fans from Reno versus everyone else. Because everyone else in the, in the venue is going to want to see Nevada go down. Just the way we like it. Bring it on. <laughs> Nevada, Gladi- Nevada versus Gladi- the world. Gladiator style. Bring in the Coliseum. We'll, we'll back them off. I like that you mentioned like teams that are close to, to Vegas who are going to travel. And you mentioned Nevada and Fresno. You didn't mention UNLV. Well, I mean. Who's literally playing know. on some floor. UNLV doesn't even show up for home games, so I doubt they even re- I doubt they even realize that there's a tournament going on. Their home attendance this year was brutal. Um, it's, last week I spoke to it's a little bit different for the for Nevada, just in the sense that they're playing to win something now, opposed to playing not to lose something. There's a clear reward now in the fact that you get to climb a ladder with scissors if you can get it done this weekend. It's di- which is different than you better win or you're going to lose in the falls and everyone's going to crap on you for a week. Um, mm-hmm. It's just different. Uh, Chris Murray wrote a story this week claiming that the tournament is a no-win situation for Nevada. I obviously respect Chris. I-, I disagree, though. And I think the team does as well. You ha- you have a chance to win a tournament title. That's one of your three goals at the beginning of the season. You can pick up a potential quad one win against Utah State if you can both get there to the title game. Now, you might lose a quad one win as well because you might lose the the home win over Utah State. That might drop down. People don't remember that game. They look at the team sheet. They'll see it, obviously. But picking up a quad one win, winning a tournament title, that matters. That means something. And that might not be part of the net equation, but it's something that the selection committee certainly has to keep in mind, something mm-hmm. they have to consider. Um, I, we tweeted our guy, Dave Allman, episode 026, most accurate bracketologist in the country over the last five years, and said, Dave, if Nevada can cut down the nets on Saturday beating Utah State, do you think it moves the needle? And he, he has them at a six right now. He said they can maybe get up to a four or five with, with that. These tournaments have to mean something. They have to mean something. And I, I, I believe they do. There's certainly more to lose if Nevada is to lose to Boise in the first game. 
Yes, mm-hmm. there's no question. There's more to lose than there is to gain. But it doesn't mean there's nothing to gain. There's something this team has to gain this week. Oh, yeah. I, def- I agree with that point, too, is that if, there, if it meant nothing, even if we knew it meant nothing, there there'd be no way that would – why would we even play it? Why, why play would it? even yeah. – exactly. Why even go on with it? Do you have another point? Mm-hmm. The, the last one I got just coming into this weekend, Nevada's going to have more talent than every team it plays. Nevada's just going to be the more talented team. You kind of hit, hit on this already. There's going to be a lot of, of fans from Reno, a lot of Nevada fans down in Vegas. Nevada's going to have a heavy presence inside Thomas and Mac uh, this week. Nevada has three losses this year at New Mexico, at Utah State, at San Diego State. Nevada has also beat New Mexico by 29, Utah State by 23, and San Diego State by 28. So it's not like there's a team in the conference that you say, wow, Nevada really can't beat this team. As we mentioned, San Diego State is the one that's kind of had Nevada's number away from Reno. Um, but I, I don't go into that game saying, wow, Nevada has no chance. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Just between length and talent and experience, Nevada is going to have a decided advantage in every single game it plays this week. It is weird. Uh, aside from the Utah State being close uh... – out in Logan, the the losses the when they played here, it was just so lopsided the other way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there there definitely is that case to be made that there's nobody in the the conference that's really like, oh shit, I don't want to play them. Right. All right. Uh, what are what are a couple quick storylines you're looking at that don't include Nevada this weekend? Just you, the first big one's gonna be Utah State's tourney hopes. That's I mean, if you're hearing Mount, any Mountain West news, they're just chiming how they they belong and they should be in and. Yeah. What was me? Nobody looks at us out in Utah. We're in the Mountain <laughs> West, <laughs> and all these, all these things. So that's going to be the big one. Is you're going to, aside from the Josh Hall clip, we're going to hear every Utah State game. This is a team that's really trying to sneak their way into the dance or whatever. I don't think they're the- sneaking in now. I mean, they're they're pretty solidly in the field right now. Depending on if they lose their first game, then it gets hairy. Yeah, but we're just going to hear that storyline. They're going to be basically saying this is going to be one of the. Whatever it called, the first four out of the next four right. or whatever whatever four it is that mm-hmm. that's my big storyline that I'm feeling like I'm going to hear enough to make me want to vomit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be really curious this with this UNLV San Diego State game on, on Thursday. Uh, so this will be old by the time a lot of people are listening. So I'll just go over this really quickly. Nevada obviously is going to play the winner in that one. We know what San Diego State is. I'll say this though. The Rebels are kind of starting to feel themselves a little bit. They're playing their best basketball of the year. They have won five of seven. One loss was to was to Nevada. The other loss was a 60-59 home loss to San Diego State, and they should have won that game. They missed a wide-open uh, shot at the buzzer that, that would have won it. This tournament's obviously in the Rebels' home building. It's just going to be going to be interesting for Nevada, regardless of who wins this one. Uh, but I'll be really curious to see what kind of fight UNLV puts up against San Diego State. The spreads out. I just looked on my on the ESPN app. Oh yeah, what take, is it? Want to take a smack at it? Uh, San Diego State minus four. Rebels minus one. No way. Yeah, you know he's favored. You know he's favored, and, but San Diego State is given a sixty percent chance to win the game. So if if anybody's listed, it, oh, actually it's gonna be late. But I'm going to the book after this. I'm wow, I'm about to go to the book right now. Money I, guess, line, I, I get points betting San Diego line, State. San Diego State. Yep. Oh yeah. Or point. Wow. Get a point. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a surprise. <laughs> Definitely a surprising one. Uh, the other storyline, don't know who it is. We're going to see. But who's going to be the buster of the bracket? Obviously, we would like to see Nevada get its way through and have the clear number one seed. And the uh, other instance, you would expect that Utah State's going to sneak through. But like we're saying, who knows? 
Fresno may ups, upset Utah State. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously got UNLV and San Diego State up on our side. Then we we know the history we have. Uh, so it's that'll be the other one. I, I'm always it's tougher when your team's in the bracket because in March you just want upsets, yeah. especially when the tournament's going. You just love upsets. But it's kind of the weird spot where. I would like an upset in the Mountain West tournament, but not enough where it affects Nevada. So right. <laughs> we'll we'll see uh, where where that where that falls. And that's where like a flaw would be in this system. So if Nevada does play Utah State in in the title game, it would be like you want Nevada to win by two, so Utah State stays thirty, so that that win at home stays a quad one. That where winning by two would suddenly be better than just thrashing them. Yeah, yeah. That that should not be the case. Um, the, it's weird. It, it's getting, I don't know. I think they're getting way too just analytical. You want analytics and statistics, obviously, to be a part of this whole process. But there are there is a degree like that where it's in the championship and say Nevada smoked Utah State. I mean, there's still the argument to be made. It's like that they they could belong in there. You look at some of these Gardner Webb. Yeah, they won their conference or whatever the hell right. they are, but <laughs> they're a better team. Yeah, so we were, we were told with the net in the quadrant system, it was supposed to level the playing field. I think it's made it more lopsided. Now yeah. all this emphasis is on the quad one games. How many quad one games do you have? How is Wofford supposed to schedule that many quad one games? How is Gardner-Webb supposed to get quad one games? They're mm-hmm. not, as opposed to an ACC program where you have 15 just built into your schedule every year. So yeah, I, I don't know what the solution is. If you you have to create a different grading scale and how that works, I have no idea. I mean, it's, a, it's a mess. It, I don't know how you figure that out, but clearly it's an imperfect system. Yeah, <laughs> definitely needs, needs some work. I mean, but yeah, come back, come back full circle to my, my last point. Uh, I'm also really curious at the game you just spoke to the semifinal on the other side of the bracket, all kinds of juicy Fresno, Utah state. Hopefully that, that one happens. Fresno has a two headed backcourt monster and Deshaun Taylor and Braxton Huggins. They went for 37 and 34 respectively on Saturday against San Jose state. They Nasty. scored like 130 or whatever they scored against the Spartans. Uh, and the two, the two games between these two teams, we talked about, the, talked about this as well with Eli, they split the regular season series with an aggregate score of zero. Both road teams won by one. Incredibly close games. If Nevada gets the title game, you're just watching that game hoping it goes to seven overtimes. Mm-hmm. Like, wear, wear them out. Get tired. <laughs> have at it, guys. Something to keep in mind about that game, if Nevada gets to get to the title game, is that semifinal starts at 830 on Friday night. And that's a quick turnaround for a three o'clock game the next day. The Fresno, the Fresno Utah the, the State other, one does. Other semifinal, semifinal, on the other side of the bracket starts at eight thirty. That is a late game. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, especially when you have a day game the very next the, day. The, yeah, the following day. Yeah, so mm. that, that, that's something to keep in mind. Okay, the juicy part. What's going on? So give give us your picks for the semifinals and then uh, Mountain West tournament champion. I am gonna be the boring one. I am taking Nevada over San Diego State. Okay. And that semi. Chalk. And then, yep, chalk. And then I am also taking Utah State over Fresno. That one's going to be particularly close. And don't worry, everybody. I will start preparing my steak this evening in my garage for its burning. I have Utah State over Nevada in the championship. Whoa. Is that the first time this year you've picked against Nevada? That is going to be the first time. So, all right, I, you, you got to you got to give us some logic there. What, what, what do you think? I had, I'm just thinking that Utah State, like I've said earlier in the show, Nevada's in. 
They know they're in. They have the chance to maybe not play up to the caliber that they are able to in a game and still sneak in a tournament. Utah State has they can't do that. They basically, I'd argue, they need to win it all. So when they get to the championship, I think there's just going to be a little more fire under there because Nevada's going to be all right. You know, we're going to be ready. Where what region we're going to be? You know, they're going to be trying to figure out that type of stuff. But um, yeah, other you, than you just, don't think Utah State's in the field right now. No. Have you read a single thing online? Yes, I have. I've also watched. Was it anything select- college basketball related? I've also watched. Everyone has Utah I- State in right now. Yeah, but I've also watched Selection Sunday multiple times, and teams that are quote unquote in the field and on the bubble get left out every year. And mm. you got a down Mountain West conference mm. for juicy, right there. I'm telling you. So if they don't win it and Utah State doesn't get in. I will be the first to say on that following episode that I was right. All right. So I'm going Nevada oh, in the semi, first semifinal. Nevada over UNLV. I got UNLV what? pulling off the upset. Well, it's not even upset. They're favored by a point. I, I got Nevada or UNLV sneaking past San Diego State uh, on uh, in, the, in the first round. So Nevada beating UNLV. And the other side, I got Chalk. Utah State over Fresno. And then the championship game... I'm, I re- I've been saying this since the minute it ended in Logan. Please give us Nevada versus Utah State. Please. That would get attention on a national scale. Nevada at Utah State would be so much fun. And in that game, I have Nevada. I, I, I got Nevada uh, getting it done going two for two thus far with, with goals for the season. And then you, we talked about this with Eli as well. Sam Merrill's a junior. Kate as a freshman. This was a rivalry back in the day, and it feels like this thing is full on back. Especially if you're once we have an emotional, meaningful Mountain West tournament championship game on Saturday. Hopefully, it happens. I mean, this thing is full on back. If, if that can happen on Saturday, man, I'm excited. So fun. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to slants games of the weekend. Uh, for, aside from this, the slate, we're in the point of the year now where the slate sucks. This, what are you talking yeah, pre- about? NBA, well, other than college basketball. Okay. You got, gonna... I'm, I'm, yeah, aside from, okay, I should have prefaced that. <laughs> That's my bad. Aside from There's college no sports ba- on anymore in March. <laughs> aside from college basketball, it's the worst time of the year. You got preseason baseball, regular season NBA sucks. AAF, Arizona can't win. So the, <laughs> the only thing I wrote was Mountain West tournament. That's that's what I will be tuning in. So it's funny because you said that everything sucks. I, I wrote down games of the weekend, all of them. Every single one. <laughs> but obviously, I'm speaking exclusively Dep- about college Dep- basketball. Yeah, so it depends on who you ask, apparently. <laughs> this is the time of year when there are a million games on TV. It was awesome hanging out in the office today because we have a huge flat screen TV and just had basketball on the entire day. And all the games mean something. It's just the best month of the year as a sports fan. There's just stuff going on all the time. All the games mean something. It's crazy. It's the best sporting event of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up. And uh, this is something that we did... Uh, every year when I was at the Sparks Tribune, we did an ESPN tournament challenge. So here's a quick plug. We're doing it again this year. So ESPN tournament challenge, group name, The Reno Slant. Pretty easy. If you have ESPN on your on your phone or you have a username on your computer, it's super easy. Just go to tournament challenge, find group, type in The Reno Slant. You'll find us. Adam and I are the only ones in there right now. You're allowed one entry, open to the public, and here's where it gets fun. It is completely free. And we got prizes. 
We're going to do a winner-take-all $330 value. Here's what we're giving away to whoever wins the Reno Slant ESPN Tournament Challenge. You're going to get a round for two to go to Toyabi. We're pumping it up at the top of the show. You and a buddy are going to go to Toyabi on us. We got you. You got to take pictures, though, and show us how awesome it is. We're also going to give you a $100 gift card to Tipsy Elves. We've been pumping them up. Uh, by the time you get it, uh, St. Patrick's Day will have come and gone. They got stuff year-round, beachwear, stuff to wear in the golf course. So we're going to hook you up with a $100 gift card to Tipsy Elves. And then from Silver and Blue Outfitters, we're going to hook it up with an Adidas Mountain West Champs t-shirt and a Nevada The Hunt long sleeve t-shirt. So two of you are going golfing, $100 gift card to Tipsy Elves, and Silver and Blue merch. All you got to do, go to the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. You can download the app on your phone. Find the Reno Slant. I'll, I'll put it out there on Twitter as well, so it's easy to find. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Nathan. There's a plug. Again, $330 value. Super excited about this. Um, so make sure you guys get in there, because I believe we're going to close it once the tournament starts. So you got about a week and a half to get in there. Okay, let's go road tripping. A bunch of you coming down here, hopefully listening on, on the way down. Road tripping, Chad Hartley. Yes, we're going to give you some spots to go check out, but w- what's going on from a Nevada fan perspective uh, this week? What, what are the events that you need to be aware of? And then um, also we get into some NCAA tournament tickets. So uh, here's our conversation with Chad. Chad, this is a fun one. We, we did Vegas uh, about a month ago, a few weeks ago. I can't remember anymore. Uh, we gave a few recommendations, and I think we're going to have even more Nevada fans making the trip down to Vegas this week. All sorts of stuff going on. So we'll get to um, some NCAA um, ticket stuff because that's coming up. We'll get to um, fan events that are coming up down here in Vegas because, like, as I mentioned, a lot of folks will be making the trip down from Reno. Um, but we'll start with, with food and beer uh, per usual. So from a food perspective, uh, what do we got? You know, last time we hit on my favorite taco joint in uh, in Las Vegas, Tacos El Gordo, and and I'll I'll, I'll repeat that that one again this this time around, just because if you haven't had Tacos El Gordo, it's it's worth the wait, it's worth the trip to to one of their locations in Las Vegas, and 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 getting getting tacos from Taco El Gordo, it's it's just that good. Um, so so we'll repeat that one, and and obviously uh, we talked about. Uh, pizza. I, w- I want to throw another pizza uh, recommendation out there uh, for anybody who's staying on the strip. Uh, there, there's a there's a good pizza joint inside the Cosmopolitan called Secret Pizza, um, and it's secret because you have to go find it. Um, it's kind of hidden uh, up on the second floor, uh, but it's definitely worth uh, worth worth a trip over to the Cosmo if you're looking for pizza uh, late night or, or anytime if you're on the strip. Okay. Yeah. Don't fix it. It ain't broke. So we went Tacos El Gordo, Naked City Pizza, then the Secret Pizza. Uh, beer, as we spoke about first time we did Vegas, there aren't a ton of craft beer spots. Um, but for those who are looking something a little bit more um, delicate, a little more nuanced than my Coors Light, uh, yep. what, what do we got? Uh, we talked about last time uh, Banger Brewing in, in downtown. Uh, you know the Fremont Street Fremont Street Experience. Uh, they they have a great coffee Kolsch, which which is a really unique beer. It's a fun beer. Uh, and we talked about Tanea Creek, uh, which has a really cool tap room uh, in uh, North Las Vegas. Um, but I also want to throw out there, there's a couple joints out in Henderson, um, that are, that are literally across the parking lot from each other. Uh, one of them is called craft house brewing and the other one is called bad beat brewing, which obviously has a, has a gaming theme there. Uh, but, but bad beat especially is on the rise and they're doing some good stuff right now, but both of those places, uh, out in Henderson, if, if you're out that way, 
uh, definitely worth a stop out there. It, it's not necessarily a brewery. Have you been to to Hoffro House? I have. I, I I have more so for the food uh, than the beer. Uh, but that's a really cool spot right there by uh, by Thomas and Mac and, and some good German food there. Yeah, that, that that's walking distance from Thomas and Mac. So for folks who are really into like the German theme, I mean, you have some guy basically in there yodeling the entire time. It's really it's a German beer hall. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's definitely worth a trip for anybody who's down there, and, and especially like I said, if you're looking for a bite, like you know, if you're looking for a bite to eat after a game or before a game, that's that's a good one right there. Mm-hmm. I was there; eh, it's been probably five or six months ago now, and all I had to do was um, bounce the quarter off the table into a mug, and I got a free stein of beer. So hopefully, they'll have that going again this week. Who said that the things you learn in college don't apply later in life? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Just play little quarters. It was into a huge mug. Like usually, it's, usually it's a small shot glass. You got to make it into full mug of beer. That was easy, easy free beer. So, um, for folks who make the make the trip, we gave them a few spots for beer and food. There's obviously going to be some Nevada specific events for fans, whether it's team send offs, uh, whatever it may be. So, um, what do fans need to know from that perspective? Uh, well, first of all. Thank you to Wolfpack Nation because I I know I know we sold nearly a thousand tickets. Uh, we were we were calling other schools, you know, borrowing tickets from from other schools, allotments, trying to accommodate wow. uh, all the interest that, you know that we had from our fan base. And and then you know once we kind of you know filled up our numbers, we were sending them to other schools. And then we had schools calling us and literally telling us like, stop sending <laughs> your fans to us right now. Like, <laughs> like we, we we don't have any more. We're sold out now too. Uh, so, so it, it's been awesome to see the response of, of, of the Wolfpack, uh, uh, nation, you know, just kind of responding to what this season has been and, and what it's going to, you know, what it's continuing to be as we go into March Madness here. And, and I know there's just going to be a ton of silver and blue in Thomas and Mac this week. So, so thank you to all the Wolfpack fans out there. It's awesome. And, and can't wait to see you down there. Um, the, the, the first thing that everybody should do if you're going to Las Vegas this week, and if you're planning, uh, or if you're planning on, uh, you know, traveling for the NCAA tournament uh, for Nevada, uh, we have a text alert uh, line set up. Uh, and so just text the word PAC to 55222, just, you know, the word PAC to, to 55222, and you'll be on our, our text alert system. And, and we'll send out notes during, you know, this week and beyond uh, just about what's going on. If there's Perfect. a Wolfpack fan party, um, if we're going to do a, like a send off from the team hotel with the band and the cheerleaders or, or anything that's going on, uh, that's how we're going to communicate during during March Madness here. Um, the 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 team hotel down in Las Vegas is at the Palms. Uh, that's where the team is staying. That's where the band and cheerleaders are staying. Um, so we'll do we'll do a send off uh, when the team leaves there uh, every game this week, and and we'll plan to do the same kind of thing at the NCAA tournament. Those kind of things are super awesome, and and uh, and just a, just a fun environment to get everybody down there and yeah. and cheer on the fan uh, the team as they leave. When we when we text pack to five five two two two, does it matter if it's all caps? It doesn't matter. Just just the word pack and and uh, and and we'll get you on there and and, and you'll be hooked up. Okay. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Have the text line. So pack to five five two 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 and everyone will be hooked up in terms of what's going on down here. Um, there you go. And then the the final question. This is beyond this week. Next week, this won't air till Wednesday. So at that point, the deadline will have come and gone. But just so people have some sort of familiarity with how the process works. Um, if Nevada, let's say, hopefully gets to the Sweet 16, what what does that process look like in terms of getting tickets from the school? Right. So anybody who tried to get them from us uh, for the first week in the NCAA tournament, they know, hopefully they know or, or they know now, uh, that the numbers that each school gets 
are, are not very high. Uh, it's a total of 450 for the first weekend. And, and once you get, you know, the player families and all those uh, taken care of, there's not a lot left over to actually sell to the public. Uh, those numbers do increase as you go on in the tournament. So if, if we are fortunate enough to go to the Sweet 16, we will have some greater numbers involved. So we just want everybody, if you want to try to sit in the Nevada section at the Sweet 16 or beyond, uh, you can place your order through us and we'll have those up, you know, as we advance. And it's NevadaWolfpack.com slash March Madness. And that'll have the links on there to place your order. Um, and like I said, the numbers do get bigger as you go along each, each, each weekend in the tournament. Awesome. Chad, awesome. great having you on. And then hopefully we'll have you on again next week as long as Nevada's in a city that uh, you are familiar with. And we're really hoping it's it's San Jose or Salt Lake. Let's do that. Yeah, I think we all are. And, hey, one, one more quick thing while yeah. I'm on. Um, there's going to be a really cool Selection Sunday event uh, in Reno uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Silver Legacy, the, the, the properties down there, the row, uh, they're throwing the official Selection Sunday event uh, for the team. Uh, Coach Must and the players will all be down there. Uh, doors open at one o'clock at the Silver Legacy on Sunday. Uh, I think they're giving away T-shirts to the first thousand fans. Uh, there'll be food, there'll be drinks there, and and like I said, it's kind of like a big giant watch party. And we're hoping CBS is going to have us on live uh, from from the row on Sunday. Oh, that'll be a ton of fun. A ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. We you know, and it's free of charge, so we, you know, we hope everybody can make it down. Cool. All sorts of stuff going on. It's that time of season, man. It it is so much fun. Chad, thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hope you guys found that helpful. I was really glad we were able to get Chad on this week and uh, dig into a lot of stuff because that was important for a lot of you guys making the trip. All right. Hey, I remember you. Hey, I remember you to me riding a couple hot streak and then just get absolutely slammed on a bet that nobody saw coming. I had Gonzaga minus 14 and a half. St. Mary's pulls an upset of WCC of the season smokes them, almost covers the reverse spread. I know. I don't know what the reverse spread payout was. Oh, I don't even want to know. It was what I had heard. I think Nevada was minus – Gonzaga. Nevada. I think Gonzaga was minus close to 2,000. So one of the yeah. commentators was saying that if you had bet 100 bucks on St. Mary's, you would have netted over a grand. Wow. So they were yeah, they were some big plus money. But that one, that hurt. And the other part is soon, in the next day or two, I will be – restocking on my snack supply so hey i remember you i am not leaving the couch once it starts yep. and i need to make sure that i have everything within a about a 10 foot radius there is nothing like that first weekend uh it's if you can get oh out of, if you can get out of work great for that fr- for the thursday friday but this, that saturday sunday is just amazing it's it's so glorious it's the one time everybody as a country, we can all unite. We, we can unite about college <laughs> basketball. My, my all four years of college, I did not go to class a single time that Thursday, Friday, the first week of the NCAA tournament. It's just, it, wasn't even, got, it wasn't even a thought. I was like, I'm not going. Everybody's got their brackets either pulled up on the computers or you got the highlighters on a piece of paper. It's like, all right, what's next? What game's going on now? Who's, who's doing sure. what? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best. Uh, my first couple ones here are uh, shirtless must, obviously. It's not March until Musk's shirtless running around Lawler, and we, we got that on Saturday. Um, it was hilarious to see the reactions from the San Diego State and Utah State fans. <laughs> you, you mad, bro? They were so bitter that Musk was running around shirtless after winning another Mountain West regular season title. Hey, guys, you don't want Musk to be shirtless? Beat him. Simple solution. There's a solution to your problem. You can quit whining on Twitter about it. <laughs> he's, the, he's the coach you love to have, and he's the coach you hate to play against. 
He's 100%, like, 100%. he's like Richard Sherman. Loved him when he was on the squad, and now it's like, ugh. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, another one, yeah. Except, one. except he's, he must have got a little more attitude than Belichick. A <laughs> little, little bit more personality, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my, another one is is watching games with teams I know nothing about and getting way into it. Getting stoked about I'm like, I don't know where these schools are located. I don't know what their mascot is. I can't name one player on either team, but this is awesome. And <laughs> one of them was uh, Liberty Lipscomb in the A-Sun title game on Sunday. That game was that's a lot hot. of fun. That's, that's, a, that's a high, high highly rated match. Liberty Lipscomb. I, I mean, I, I could not even tell you where those schools are located. Um. Also, hey, I remember you last one. Then we'll go to baseball here. Or, hey, I remember you. CBS announced this week that they're undoing all the stupid changes they made to the selection show last year. They had a perfectly round wheel. Perfectly round. No defections. Perfect. And they decided last year, hey, you know this thing that's perfect and that everyone loves? Let's throw it away and try to do something completely new. And as you'd expect, it blew up in their face. They totally botched it. So basically the way they, they've done it is they've just rele- announced teams that are in the field by matchup. So we're going to go to the West region, start in San mm-hmm. Jose in the five twelve game, and that's how they kind of re- released it. Last year they did, we're going to do an alphabetical order, and we're just going to announce everyone who's in the field first and then announce the matchups. No one cares about the matchups at that point. You want to know who's in. Yeah, and exactly. You want, you want the drama, and you announce them all at the top. It gets rid of the drama. It gets rid of suspense. And then on, the cherry on top is they botched the alphabetical order of a couple teams. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did really screw that up. They bossed alphabetical order, and like they wore the audio was cutting out at times. It was just a, a disaster. It, it really was. That's not even hyperbole. It sucked last year. And if there's one thing we all know is people love change. So good <laughs> job, CBS. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing we can unite as a country that the selection show sucked last year. So <laughs> they, they announced they're undoing those changes. They're reverting back to the old form, and it's like a relief. It's such a relief. That they're doing that. Every, every, everybody's already realizing they're like, all right, now I don't have to be stressed on Sunday because just be pissed, <laughs> pissed watching that thing. Uh, we'll go to the baseball slant now. Last week was going to be a tough test on the road at San Diego State. San Diego State was picked to win its third straight Mountain West tournament title, and Nevada was able to salvage Game Three on Sunday. Uh, so dropped two or three, and then on Tuesday lost two one at number twenty five Santa Barbara. Nevada's now eight and seven, one and two on the season. March Madness is screw it, it's here. I mean, we got some basketball to play, but it, it's here. It's March. I'm calling it March Madness, and it's also time for Nevada baseball and softball. Softball opens its home schedule this weekend against Utah State. Baseball's back in Reno this weekend for New Mexico. The pack needs your support, so get your season tickets, and we will see you at Pacoli and Hickson Park soon. Call seven seven five three four eight pack or visit NevadaWolfPack.com today. In game one last weekend, it's kind of been an early theme this season. The bat's struggling. 3-1 loss. Ryan Anderson pitched well. Six innings, three runs, and four hits. Did walk four guys with five strikeouts. That was his first loss of the season. He's now 3-1. and one. In game two, freshman Owen Schartz, five and two-thirds innings pitched. Six runs on three hits. One run was earned. So five unearned runs were charged to him. Uh, again, offense, just three hits in that one. And then in game three, Nevada scored two in the top of the ninth and then two in the top of the tenth in a 6-5 win. Sophomore Tyler Bassetti, big game, batting cleanup, three for six, two ribbies, including the game winner in the tenth. As I mentioned, Nevada returns to Piccoli this weekend to host New Mexico. The Lobos are 10-5, and 2-1. and one. Uh, All series are meaningful, uh, especially this one against the New Mexico squad that's always there at the end of the season. 
Social. We'll start with Twitter questions from this week. Blake asks, if you could attend any sporting event, what would it be? Do a series get included or is it just one game? Sporting event. Sporting event. Um, I'd have to be cliche. I'd have to say Super Bowl. Super Bowl, those, I feel like these tickets are just getting like almost unattainable. It's so expensive to go. So just once in my life, I'd like to go. I wrote a few down. Uh, Super Bowl, yes. Specifically a Super Bowl with the Hawks in it. I, I just That would be amazing. I truly don't know if I could handle it from an anxiety standpoint, though. That would be you tough. Would, you would have a full-blown panic attack. for. Yeah, I would, I would need to bring the Tums, the heart medicine. I need to bring all of it. <laughs> Uh, World Series Game Seven at Safeco. That's another one I would I would just lose my mind, and that's like a, a fairy tale because anyone who f- knows anything about baseball knows that Safeco will never, or I guess it's T-Mobile now, whatever. It's, it'll always be Safeco. Mm. Seattle's never going to host Game Seven of the World Series because they can't even make they can't even make the playoffs. You don't say that. I I do say it. I've lived it. <laughs> uh, the Masters would be awesome. Also, Bama, yeah, yeah. Bama LSU football. Would be would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Ryan, Love Jungle NV. How many games did you watch in Vegas this week? And when will Vegas get an NCAA regional? So it was kind of a cool week for me. I did some freelancing work for the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, was really was awesome. So I got to cover uh, Pepperdine over USF. So that was an upset. Lorenzo Romar, former UW coach, coaching Pepperdine. Uh, so there was an upset. I also covered St. Mary's over San Diego, and then I was there last night, Tuesday night, for St. Mary's over Gonzaga. So I was at three. I'm going back to Thomas and Mac tomorrow night. Going to uh, catch hopefully the six and the eight thirty game, depending how early I can sneak out of the office. And then, as I mentioned, I'm uh, jumping on a plane Friday afternoon, going to Chicago to drink all the green beer, all of it. And then, in terms of when will Vegas get an NCAA regional? Uh, so last year. The NCAA temporarily lifted a ban, so it's not a permanent ban, it's a t- temporary lift of the ban on hosting events in states where single-game betting is legal. So it's a temporary mm. lift. The sites for NCAA regionals are booked through 2022. That means that in 2023, the door opens, and it makes all the sense in the world that it would happen then. All the sense. Oh, yeah. you, ho- you host oh, yeah. it at T-Mobile. Vegas is, is truly about to become a behemoth in the sports world. Just the, the venues that they're going to have here now between T-Mobile and the Raiders venue with the airport, with the hotel rooms. It's just, the city was built for this sort of thing. And now that we're finally starting to get over our, oh, but there's betting. Once we're getting over that, like watch this thing just completely, the floodgates open. The Pac-12, thankfully, despite Larry Scott, is finally starting to become aware of that. I think it's only a matter of time before the Pac-12 championship game for football moves out here. And mm-hmm. as a Vegas resident now, I wish it would happen like yesterday. It gets me all sorts of excited for games that I'll be able to go to. Um, so I, I think it's only a matter of time, but 2023 is probably the earliest that the NCAA tournament is going to come to Vegas. Talking back on that point, you mentioned Larry's Larry Scott. He was they were talking about him on ESPN, and someone was making the case that it wasn't his fault. I got so pissed, I just said shut up and turn the TV off. That what wasn't his fault? The, the fact the, the, his the conference is a dumpster fire. Yeah, the Pac-12 making, network sucks. 
they're making the case. They were saying that like something I can't remember exactly what the argument was, but something else extracurricular is a reason why the Pac-12 networks sucks and why the conference isn't doing so well. And I was like, this is I was like, what? I don't know what this guy's talking about, but I just hung up. Or no one can TV. watch the Pac-12 network. It sucks. It's Jeff Goodwin was talking about last week. It's the worst network. No one can watch it. Hence, hence why I turned ESPN off when I started hearing that. Pac-12 has fallen behind all the other Power 5 programs in, turn of rev, in terms of revenue and, and monies they're distributing. Meanwhile, Larry Scott is flying private jets all over the place. He's staying in a $7,500 a night suite here in Vegas this week. He's just the freaking worst. I can't stand he's, the guy. He's earned it, though. No. Can't stand him. Uh, fake Matt Mummy. What's the best bucket of beer deal in Vegas these days? This is important knowledge for the Mountain West tournament this week. Um, I did minimal research. Uh, I was at Top Golf a couple weeks ago. They have buckets of beer at Top Golf. Six beers, depending on what kind of beer you get. It's twenty-eight bucks. Do the math there. Four fifty a beer for like a small twelve-ounce beer. However, mm-hmm. fake Matt Mummy, know your audience. I know you. I know you're for this. I know you party. Go to Home Depot, get yourself a five-gallon orange bucket, costs $3.25, you can get an 18 of Coors Light for $20.99 at Vons, and now you're 25 bucks in for 18 cold ones, just walk around the strip with a Home Depot orange bucket. Open container, <laughs> baby. The fact that it's Vegas, too, that would fly. Open container. Let's see. I, I would... I'd be so excited if that actually happened. So you have uh, all those super long straws that just <laughs> suck it straight out, just walk, holding it next to you. Uh, on Instagram, Marcus asks, uh, March doesn't only mean March Madness. It also means Shamrock Shakes are back at McDonald's. Do you approve, or are they overrated as everything pumpkin? I've never had a Shamrock Shake, so I can't attest. So, yes, they're overrated. I am going to piggyback you on that as well. I've never had a Shamrock Shake. We don't, right, watch, we don't watch movies. We don't want to drink Shamrock Shakes. <laughs> I guess we're, yeah, I guess we're a non-Shamrock Shake podcast. Now, but I do want to try one now. Now I, I'm kind of curious. Uh, Brian asks, uh, "What are your thoughts on the seeding if we cruise through the Mountain West Conference tournament and beat Utah State in the championship?" We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. The situation right now is that Utah State, right now, that win at home is a quad one barely as of recording Utah state sitting at 30. If they go to 31, it drops down to quadrant two. So they're barely hanging on. So if Nevada beats Utah state in the title game, there's a good chance that they're going to pick up a quad one win in that game, but they're going to lose the quad one win at home uh, against Utah state. As I've said, tournament titles have to matter. They have to, especially beating a quad again, picking up a quad one game in, in that situation. I think a four would be tough, as Dave Amon kind of spoke to on Twitter today. I could see a five. I truly don't think it matters that much. Four, five, six. I think it really matters where they get placed. Really helping for San Jose State or, or Salt Lake, not something like Tulsa. Tulsa would blow. You, Nevada cannot have the season it's had and get shipped away. NCAA, do the right thing here. Put Nevada in San Jose or, or Salt Lake. Uh, Marcus also asks, from the, from the Nevada Facebook page on the golf team, that's a program best third win of the season. Nevada captures the title at the Olympic Club Intercollege. I probably that's probably a typo. By one shot, Sam Meek wins his second individual event. Are we really that bad at golf that three wins is a program best? You only play like ten tournaments a year, and he, the tournament they won uh, this week had thirteen teams. 
There's a tournament they played in earlier this year that had 18 teams. Winning golf tournaments in college is incredibly tough. Winning three is a lot. I, I don't think that says anything negative about the program. And they have that, by the way, shout out to the golf team. They have that new sweet indoor facility at, at Somerset. That thing's dope. Uh, we did get a question on email this week. 3 no slant at gmail.com. Andrew asks, if you don't eat your Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies from a freezer with milk served in a chilled glass, what are you even doing with your life? When I saw that email, I started laughing so hard because that's literally the only way I'll eat those Thin Mints. They have to be frozen and there has to be milk. There was, why was it – remember that year at the church? The church was yeah, one of – we called that our house, the church. We had like – it's Ten boxes used, of Thin Mints. It's because I used to work at Somerset. If I'm remembering correctly, I could just be totally making this up. But I remember Somerset used to have a ton of them. And I'm like 99% sure I got sent home with a, just boxes of them. I, I, remember I, exactly. I, just remember, I just remember we had the green Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies in the freezer for like six months. Nope. That, that's exactly what happened. I remember that. I got sent home with a ton <laughs> of them. And I remember everybody was just snacking on those things constantly. Yeah. We have a box of uh, Thin Mints in the freezer right now. So they do need to be in the freezer. I, I, I can eat them with ice cream. I eat them with my uh, chocolate chip mint Ooh. ice cream as well sometimes. Ooh. That's a game changer. Uh, the second part of the question was also any last-minute tips for anyone attending the Mountain West tournament this week? Well, my Vegas stories have never ended well, so I'll let you take this. <laughs> Go to Topgolf. I love Topgolf. It's, it honestly is an incredible spot to, to watch games. So if you're not Thomas and Mac, you can watch the games. You don't, need to, you don't need to golf. They have just like an incredible sports bar setup. Uh, it's free to go and hang out. It's reasonably priced. If you haven't been, go to Top Golf, and it's close to Thomas and Mac. It's on the the southeast part of the strip, so super close. It's right by the MGM. Um, so I, I would certainly check out Top Golf. All right, let's do Random Reno and then get out of here. We're running long this week, but it's a big show. What do you got? Mm-hmm. Annual rainfall in Reno averages seven point four eight inches. Despite this low amount of rainfall per year, Reno features a a steppe, a steepy climate due to its low evapotranspiration. So I had to look up the definitions. A steppe climate is a region that receives precipitation due to its potential of desert. Evapotranspiration has something to do with not water evaporating, but the trees. So crazy climate we got going on here. Also, there's more. <laughs> there's more. I started looking into the science of this. And I was like, I love it. Annual precipitation has ranged in Reno, high to low, in case you didn't know, 1.55 inches in 1947 to 13.23 in 1983. There is your annual precipitation Reno fact. I hated that. I loved it. I hated it the second you started talking about a steppe or steepy. I'm like, I, I hate where this is going. Well, you know, we're not a we're not a uh, weather podcast, so I was just trying to get us up to a little bit to speed. And then once I realized, I started reading these words. I was like, "We're in over. I'm in over my head." If we're not a weather podcast, why are we trying to be a weather podcast? Because sometimes you just gotta you gotta take your weaknesses and turn them into strengths. Well, you you made it even more of a weakness. Trying to I made it a, a I, made, I made it apparent that I'm never going back to a weather fact again. Yeah, we've established that. Mine is. There are 12 Renos in the country. 12. I did not know that. There are also Renos in Texas, South Dakota, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Minnesota, Michigan, Kansas, Indiana, Illinois, Georgia, and the District 
of Columbia. But if you ask us, you ask this podcast, there's only one. And it resides in the base of the Sierra Nevadas, baby. There's also a couple of Renos globally. There's some in Italy, Indonesia, and Australia. Shout out, international. And that is our show this week. Thank you to all of you who continue to listen and tell your friends about this podcast. We are truly grateful for every single one of you. Thank you to Eli Betker for coming back on the show this week. Make sure you throw him a follow on Twitter because he's going to be plugged in, giving you updates on everything that goes down this week at Thomas and Mac. Thank you to Chad Hartley for taking us road tripping. Make sure you leave an iTunes five-star review of the week and subscribe. Huge show next week. You have a chance to get a shout-out at the top of that thing. You can follow us on Twitter, at ShopNathan and at ShopAdam. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and IG, at the Reno Slant. Shout out to Instagram for going down today. I have no idea if it's back up yet. Uh, tip on Thursday versus Boise at noon at Thomas and Mac. And then hopefully Nevada's going to play a game Friday at 6, and then the title game Saturday at 3. Selection show Sunday. Nevada is for sure going to hear its name called. Whatever it happens, man, that's a nice feeling. Make sure you guys listen next week. As I mentioned, a huge, huge show and I'm not just saying that. I mean it. Huge show lined up next week to preview the NCAA tournament. Have a great, great weekend, you guys. Go Pack. Thanks for listening to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans. Until next time, and we're still not talking about the Loyalist Chicago tournament game.